back to a nine-point game. There's no seven-footer should be that talented. Ten points for him, 13 for James. To Rosen, though, Spurs must have had four that have just fallen off the iron. Pop livid that there was no call on that play. And Schroeder oh. gets a wide-open layup at the other end. Technical foul called against Coach Popovich. Welcome back to Home Court Static. I'm Cameron. And I'm Jackson. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the wonderful podcast. Season 2, episode 3. Uh, in today's podcast, we're going to be breaking down the first week, week and a half, really, of NBA. We're rolling with it. In today's pod, we're going to be talking about Basically, like our our takes on the first week and a half of action in the NBA. We're gonna be talking about how close one through eight we think one through eight is gonna be for playoffs. Uh, we're gonna talk about all the blowouts that happened on Christmas. Uh, mini series. Some playoff teams are struggling early. How COVID may affect seeding. We're gonna give a game of the week. Most exciting team. Most surprising team. Most concerning team. Should the Rockets keep James Harden? Player of the week, most fun team to watch, and rookie of the year watch. Let's get it. So, so far, we're about like, I think on average, like six games in, right? Yeah. Six games in across the board. And uh, so far, uh, looking looking pretty close across the board. Uh, it's really like, I mean, obviously, because we've only played six games, like two game difference, one through eight. But uh, there are only two teams that really stand out so far that are five and one. That's the Suns and both pretty surprising. I mean, we had high hopes. I had a good feeling about the Suns. Suns. We had high hopes for the Suns. It's kind of cool to see that come to fruition. Other than that, pretty much every team under that's either four and two, three and three, or like two and three. And uh, there's only a couple of teams that are like one in four or one in five. Um, some are were expected. Some are pretty surprising, honestly. Uh, we'll break that down. <laughs> since, since our last podcast, uh, the Christmas Christmas Day games have happened. We kind of took the holidays off, kind of just enjoy ourselves. Part of it was laziness. Uh, <laughs> on Christmas Day, there wasn't a single. Good game. I watched all of them. I watched every single one, and I kept thinking, like, you know, I'll watch the next one. Maybe it will be a good game. The Heat you know blew out the Pelicans. About that? You seem kind of sad. You want to talk more about it? I was, yeah, was, the Heat, I'll get to it. <laughs> the Heat blew out the Pelicans. It was not a good game. It's pretty much death. All these games were, like, over by the fourth quarter. Like, even, like, halfway through the third. The Bucks. Killed the Warriors. The Warriors probably won't make the playoffs. And if they do, it's going to be like a play-in situation, I bet. The Nets killed the Celtics. The Lakers killed the Mavs. Destroyed the Mavericks. (laughs) It was just, like, not even watchable. 
think for most of the game. I think well, that's more why you're butt hurt than anything. Well, no, there was like literally not that's, a good game. And then the Clippers killed the Nuggets. Not a single entertaining game. The whole like I was doing the numbers after the Mavericks game. game within ten points. Yeah, after the Mavericks <laughs> game, I did the numbers. I crunched the numbers. We crunched them. And according to my calculations. This accountant over here. <laughs> According to my calculations, each game was won by like what thirty points on average. Okay. Like if you average them, obviously not all of them were like that. But and that's kind of how the season's been, honestly. There's been a lot of blowouts so far. Yeah, there hasn't been. Like it's either teams are getting blown out or blowing the other team out. Like you've had some close to 50, two close to fifty point blowouts. Yeah. And there's only been six games in the season. Six games. I think the only team that like hasn't experienced that is probably the Spurs. The Spurs have played like all close games pretty well, which is pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah, they're matching. They're matching up pretty well. Whereas the Mavs, they play. They only played one close game, which was the first game, which was lost to the Suns, and then they got blown out by the Lakers. Then they blew out the Clippers. Then they got blown out by the Hornets. And then they blew out the uh, the mat or the, the heat. So it's like I really don't. I have no idea what to think of the Mavericks right now. Uh, this season are, they are doing the mini series, little MLB type mini series where it's going to be like you're playing the Bulls back to back. You're playing the Bulls one night and then the Bulls the next night. No, I I think that's smart. I think it's going to be pretty cool, especially for like rivalry games. The games are rivalry games. It's going to be interesting because it's going to be like if you lose one game, you're going to have an opportunity to like adjust. Especially especially close games. And kind of see how those adjustments are going to work as you play them in the next game. Um, some playoff teams that made deep runs are struggling. Uh, you think that's because they're tired? I don't know if it's because they're tired or because they just like the bubble is just more comfortable for them, but the Nuggets are one in four. They're one in four, and I'm actually, I mean, I'm kind of surprised about it, but they did lose a lot this offseason. But we'll get more into that later in the podcast. Uh, also, um, the Heat are doing uh, not terrible, but they're two and three. And like, I watched them play the Mavericks, and they just didn't look like the. They didn't look like the Heat. Final season. They don't look like the the Heat from the bubble. Or they like at least Jimmy Butler in particular. Looked like he kind of lost his. I don't know. It seems like. It seems like that game, five. Where he put it all out on the line to force game six, and then in game six he like. Remember in game six he was like yeah, he, he didn't did. even show up like. You he could was, watch the game and you wouldn't have known that he, he was, was like timid. Play. He would pass the ball more and wasn't he wasn't driving and that's what I'm saying. He, he lost his mojo. He would drive, pick up his dribble, and he's like he wasn't even thinking about shooting. He was just looking to pass the ball. And like the Maverick knew that. And they were you know they were in I don't know. They just like knew exactly what Jimmy Butler was gonna do. And he just didn't seem as aggressive as, you know, the Jimmy Butler that we come to love over the bubble. It just seems like he's struggling so far. And then we're gonna I mean, who knows how COVID's gonna affect the season. So far it's affected the Rockets. The Rockets were without uh Ben McElmore, 
uh, Eric Gordon, John Wall, and DeMarcus Cousins their first two games, which I think is notable because they they barely lost an OT to the Blazers, and then only lost, I think, by like 11 points to the Lakers with both those teams out. And then since, they're 2-0 and with John Wall. Small sample size, but we're talking about. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to go over Game of the week, most exciting team, most surprising team, and most concerning team. Be right back. Welcome back, guys, to Home Court Static. Um, so before the break, we talked about um, kind of different breakdowns of uh, the games and, and about how COVID's kind of affected the season. Now we're going to talk about the game of the week. Um, so I think it's Lakers-Spurs. You got Lakers-Spurs on this? How do you feel, Cam? That was a good game. I'm feeling really good about the San Antonio Spurs. I'm a Mavs fan. They look, I, they I look feel confident. really good about the San Antonio. They have this confidence that, like, and if you watch them, it's, they, like, they have a different demeanor than I think than the last season. Well, the last two seasons, ever since they got DeMar DeRozan, I feel like they've tried to change who they are to help DeMar DeRozan out. And this season is like the first season since the Kawhi Leonard departure that I've seen them actually play Spurs basketball, like moving the ball. It doesn't matter who's scoring. Which is interesting that you pick the Lakers-Spurs game, which, by the way, was a 103, I think 103-109 Lakers victory, which is crazy because LaMarcus Aldridge was out and LeBron and AD were playing, and the Spurs only lost by six. Yeah. That's who, notable. Who did the Spurs have, like, LeBron or AD? Uh, a washed, quote-unquote. I, I still believe in Rudy Gay, but everyone says that Rudy Gay is washed. Rudy Gay, dude, he's been playing, like, Memphis, really. I think the Spurs need him. Because he's, Spurs need him. Because we got all these young players, and he's one of the players that's got like that playoff experience, that old guy mentality. That he's he's just we got to savvy. We got to slow down and play the game. Yeah, exactly. I so I have I have the Spurs on my list too. They're actually both Spurs losses that we can. But I think it's a testimony to how how well the Spurs are playing. So the Spurs lost to the Bells in overtime. I think uh, on like the 28th or the 29th, 95-98 uh, in overtime to the Pelicans. And they honestly should have won the game because Keldon Johnson had like two wide-open three-pointers that barely ran out. And uh, Lonnie Walker missed a wide-open layup. And he, just, he just put too much stuff on it. And he put it off the glass. They have five players in double digits. And the Pels had four players in double digits. Rudy Gay had 22. Off the bench, Brandon Ingram, 28. I think that Brandon Ingram's scoring is going to hurt the Pelicans in the long run because I feel like he's like a me, 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 I need to score type of player. Like his arrogance kind of gets in the way. Take away from other people. I'm going to say right now, I'm not going to completely say that I was wrong, but it looks like I was wrong about Zion. And maybe LaMelo Ball. We'll see about that. But those are our games of the week. Um... Yeah, I have really, really, really high hopes 
the Spurs. I think they make the playoffs at the seven million. I'm calling and, it right. And they're comfortable there. That's and, they're and like they're they're real there really are no expectations for the Spurs this year. So they can either make the playoffs. There's no pressure to make the playoffs is what I'm saying. Like everybody expects them to miss the playoffs. So if they do make the playoffs, it's gonna be one of those things that's like, oh my god, we're missing the playoffs. And then you gotta think about it like the only year in the past like twenty four years, if they make the playoffs this year, if they miss the playoffs, there were unprecedented circumstances going on. So you can't really hold it against them. And also like LA I'm pretty sure wasn't in the bubble or he got shut down for the bubble. So it's pretty interesting that the Spurs are still a diamond in the rough at this moment of the recording of this podcast. Um, most exciting team? I've got the Phoenix Suns. They're five and one. They're living up to every single expectations that people had for them. They have wins over the Mavericks, the Sacramento Kings. Their only loss is actually to the Sacramento Kings, and it was by three. And it was a close game. Like it was totally within the Suns' grasp. And they kind of just like, you know, I think it's more about chemistry issues why they, and they're still learning to play with each other, why they lost that game. They beat the Pelicans and the Jazz, and they beat Denver. And those are all pretty good teams. I think those are all teams except for Sacramento, but Sacramento's a lot better this year. They were fighting for playoff seeds uh, last year. Who you got? For most exciting. Uh, so I've got the Pelicans. Uh, yeah, I'm, I like the way they're, they're playing and the chemistry with, with Ball and Zion's a lot better than I thought. And it's, Pelicans are four and two. And they're learning, I guess at the beginning, it's kind of showing already that they're sparking and it's flowing. So, Zion looks good. I like watching them. Zion looks really good. I was definitely. I definitely He's been playing really, really good. Uh, the Pelicans do look good. They have. They also. They have that clutch win over the Spurs. I forgot who hit the shot. There was a shot that someone hit in that game that like really sent them over the edge. I think it was Brandon Ingram. I'm not sure. Um, most surprising team. I've got the New York Knicks. They're three and three. Their defense is. They're fifth in defensive efficiency in the league. Um. They're projected only 22 wins, which I think they're going to exceed. Uh, and Randall looks amazing. So does R.J. Barrett. Like, just their Motley crew, they have, like, a bunch of NBA outcasts that, like, were drafted by teams and, like, they didn't hold on to them long enough. And they're kind of, like, blooming in New York. Like, Ilford Payton, uh, Julius Randle. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, like, when Dennis Smith Jr. comes back. There's a lot of guys also not playing. Austin Rivers is there. Um, Obi Top has been injured, and they're still 3-3. Three and three. They're a rookie that they have, like, really high hopes for. I think he could maybe win Rookie of the Year. Um, but they're 3-3, three and three and I've actually been watching some of their games, and they're, they're a pretty exciting ball club. And I wouldn't be surprised if they make, like, a play-in into the playoffs or something like that, as of right now. This is six games in, so. Don't hold us to anything that we're saying right now. Yeah. This is six games into the season. Uh, what do you have? Who do you have? Pretty early projecting. Uh, I got the Heat. So we saw them in the finals. Yeah. Last. last they made a pretty and, deep playoff run. 
they had this crazy spark and this crazy energy about them being the underdog and it, they looked crazy. They looked unbeatable. They looked, they looked, they looked, like, like, a, they looked pure. They looked like a machine running. They looked like when fully healthy, nobody could beat And where's that Jimmy Butler? I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him either. And but I don't think that they got to they gotta flip a switch. They got to flip a switch. And I think that the Crowder loss, them losing Jay Crowder was bigger than they thought it was going to be. Because Jay Crowder can guard. Yeah, he can guard one through five. Swiss Army knife. But yeah, I mean, I watched the I watched the game against the Mavericks, and I'm telling you, Jimmy Butler, I think he had like two points. You can't have that. He right. played like thirty minutes, thirty six minutes. He can't have that. And had two points. And he wasn't he wasn't even like looking to score. I also think that uh, the Heat starting Tyler Hero is like just a bad idea. They've been starting Tyler Hero over Goran Dragic. Maybe to like develop him or something like that. I, but I, I think like Tyler coming off off the bench. He well, he looked he he likes. I think he comes better off the bench because he sees, he watches how they're playing first instead of coming off and learning. It takes him like almost a quarter, I feel like, to learn that too. And I feel like you can put him six minutes in. I heard them talking about this too about how they used to do the same thing with Ginobili. He's coming off the bench as like a sixth man. Nobody gives you that. more freedom offensively because, like, if you're a starter, you have to get Butler involved and Bam involved. You gotta get everybody if you're coming involved. in as a bench player. Like, that's your unit. You control that unit. You don't have to worry about getting people touches because you're the best player in that unit. And like, basically, like, you matter most in that second unit. I agree with you. I think that he should be coming in off the bench as like a sixth man role. Most concerning team. I got the Nuggets. I've got the Nuggets too. <laughs> what happened? They're one in four. Uh, Murray has been playing like complete crap. I think he's only had one game where he's dropped like thirty, and they still lost. They still lost the game, so it, it didn't even really matter. And their defense is terrible. But I mean, that was expected. They literally lost their best two, maybe three, uh, defensive players in the offseason. When they lost uh, Jeremy Grant and Torrey Craig, I knew that defensively they were going to have problems. Uh, just because, like, that was the goal that was hyped about uh, the Nuggets was their defense. They had such a scrappy defense, and uh, Jeremy Grant could guard anyone, and he was going to be, like, the next, like, Kawhi Leonard defending type guy. Obviously not scoring. I mean, I, I just don't understand, like, why Jeremy Grant wanted to leave. But, I mean, he said he wanted a better offensive role. Uh, and I guess he has that with the Pistons. But what's funny is they're both 1-4. So, like, initially I was like, this is a dumb decision. But, I mean, they're both 1-4, and, and he has a better offensive role. So, essentially, like, he's, he would have been in the same position. Yeah. Uh, but Murray has looked uh, like old Murray, like Murray before the bubble, like you know, an okay offensive player, an offensive player, but like okay, uh, kind of streaky. You never know what. You're I wonder if that pressure just like kind of ignites him. Because we there's kind of a lot of players that the bubble kind of brought brought to character, brought to life that nobody's really seen before until we That's saw him, and now we don't see that. Kind of action 
Maybe he's maybe the Nuggets are or strategically just, going. Or they're just waiting. They could be pacing themselves. And they're strategically making it to where like, if you convert their games, they're gonna be down three one, and they have to come back and like <laughs> win all these games. That'd be kind of fun. To go to obviously that's a joke, but I am concerned with the Nuggets. Uh, they're playing Minnesota tonight. Actually, while we're recording this podcast, and. They lose to Minnesota. There's going to be some serious issues. Uh, obviously, we're five games in, so we can't read too much into it. But one and four is definitely not a good start for a team that kind of was the story of the playoffs. I think that the Heat were the story, right? So I think this is funny. The Heat were the story of the playoffs, but right behind them was the Nuggets, and then it was the Lakers melt or the Clippers meltdown, and then it was the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like Lakers winning was like fourth most memorable thing. Because the, the, the Heat and the Nuggets were like that surprise and wow factor. Like, yeah. what the heck? Interesting. Yeah. The, when winning, when you're down 3 1, the odds are you don't win. And they did it and in one. Both teams. And they like, almost, and if, if Murray doesn't get hurt, they three. They triple may, could have maybe done it to. Maybe. Done it it's to nuts. And I'm going to keep and saying that. Both those teams, this where are they? Like yeah, it's just weird. They? They're just gone. And I don't know. It don't look. The and same. it's also very early. Like, but they also they lost. They both lost like huge parts. Like Jake Crowder was huge for that team, even though he yeah, didn't score they a lot did in the final. Break down a little bit. On the way to the final, Jake Crowder was huge. He was like shooting crazy numbers from three. But I'll say this while we're on the topic of uh, the bubble, the Los Angeles Lakers. Are not as good as everybody's saying that they are. They're all right, but they barely beat a Heat team in six games that was shorthanded two of their starters. No. And Andre Godala like had set out half the season, so that's where I'm going to leave that. We're going to take another break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to wrap things up and talk about should the Rockets keep James Harden? Who is our Player of the Week? Most fun team to watch so far, and our Rookie of the Year watch. Thanks. We'll be right back. See you guys. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. Before the break, we talked about our games of the week, most exciting team, most surprising team, and the most concerning team. Now let's get into our final topics of the pod before we end things, before we wrap things up. Should the Rockets keep James Harden? Yes. Yes. I think they yes, should. Yes, they are, yes. although they're 0-2 with Harden, or they're 0-2, they started off 0-2, but they didn't have... They didn't have arguably, like, outside of James Harden, their next four top scorers. Yep. So, like, you can't and – they, and they played an OT game and lost by 13 to the Nuggets without their top five – without four of their top five scorers. That's pretty crazy. And then, on top of that, they're 2-0 with John Wall, and Harden had to sit out last game because I think he trained his ankle or something like that. Uh, but they're 2-0 with Wall, right? And 
they seem to be monitoring the cousin situation, like making sure that he's 100% before they give him big minutes, which I think is very smart. And I think that if they keep James Harden, first of all, I don't think they're going to get what they want in return for James Harden. I think they're going to have to settle, and at that point it's just not worth it. I think why not? Why not just play this here, see how it goes. 2-0 and with John Wall. That's all I'm saying. Small sample size. But John Wall dropped 28 last game. Right? John good. Wall looked good. I saw him diving on the floor for a turnover at the end of that he, game. He, I think he and he got up and he there. said, I'm back. Yeah, I, he he looks he looks like the old John Wall. He looks like the old John the Wall. John Wall inspired. when those shoes came out for Reebok, John Wall. John Wall collected. When the song came out, John, John Wall. Wall. John. Everyone does the John Wall. Yeah. I'm gonna be doing it this year, I bet. All I'm saying is I'm in on the Rockets. I think they're. I, I didn't think they were gonna make the playoffs, but now I after watching this half, watching just a small sample size, I'm convinced that they're gonna make the playoffs. And they should keep James Harden yep. because if this starts to click, if they start to click in Houston, there's going to be a problem. Houston, we're going to have problems. Call NASA. Call NASA. We're going to have problems. Player of the week. Player of the week. I got I got Kelvin Johnson. You got Kelvin Johnson. It, it might be a little biased with the Spurs, but second year player. That boy is looking good. He does. He looks and really good. I don't know. Just his shots improved. His, dude, his looks. threes have been falling. Threes have been falling. He look he looks good. Pop's giving him more time. Here's the thing that uh, non Spurs fans don't understand about the Spurs is when you get drafted by the Spurs, you should automatically know. I feel like even people drafted by the Spurs might not know this. In a pop system, your blooming year is your third year in the league. It's always the third year in the league that Spurs stars really break out and start, you know, being a, a huge part of the offense if the Spurs have decided to keep you. And if you're still on the Spurs three years after being drafted, you're pretty much part, you're an instrumental part of the offense. Yeah, they've built their offense around you. Keldon Johnson, who, by the way, I think is a second-year player. He's second-year, yeah. Which, mean, which is even better. Yeah, <laughs> to be a second-year player and doing this, because I think only Tony Parker is like a second-year player that played that well. Uh, Kelvin Johnson, well, obviously, Tim Duncan was like the beginning of the pop era before like the fundamentals. You don't count. Down. You don't count him. Uh, Kelvin Johnson, fifteen points per game, seven point six rebounds per game, two assists per game, two point four assists per game. That's crazy. Only 21 years old. Those are pretty good. And you know Pop's limiting his minutes. Pop is like that's not, that's not a question. super strict on minutes and rotations. So that's pretty impressive. Um, for me, I've got Sabonis. Domitus Sabonis. He's on the Pacers. For those of all that may not know. Because I feel like some people don't know what people do things like that. Yeah. Uh, superstars. Sabonis has been killing it in the East. Uh, up until yesterday, the Pacers were four and one, uh, and they they actually looked really really good because they they were doing good before the bubble shut down. And you know, I think there were some guys. Sabonis got injured last year, and that really hurt them in the playoffs. But now you got Victor Oladipo coming back healthy. Sabonis is there. Malcolm Brogdon is there. Miles Turner is there. And they have another guy that is slipping in my mind. 
But uh, Domitha's bonus has been killing it. He's putting up crazy numbers. He's putting up 20.8 points per game, 11.3 rebounds per game, and 6.7 assists per game on 56.8% shooting and three-point percentage of 57.1. That boy's hot. He boy is, is hot. killing it in the East. And his dad played in the league. His dad played for the Trailblazers. And he's uh, living up to the family name. Good for him. Oh, yeah. Most fun team to watch? I feel like we've talked about the Spurs a lot in this podcast. But, like, the Spurs are just so damn fun to watch it when they're playing their style of basketball. And what they're doing right now. And it. My, my, literally, my notes are San Antonio Spurs. Back to the basics. Playing Spurs ball. Yep. Ball movements back. You know, sharing the basketball that back. All of back. that ISO bullshit that they've been running the past few years. Past few years, they've been playing this like weird like ISO thing that like kind of started coming in. It works for the mark. It worked for Marcus's in, ball. It happened a little bit, but it wasn't like it was different because Aldridge wasn't bringing the ball down the court and doing ISO. You know, yeah. he'd be past it. Get past the ball in the post. I think age, age kind of limited him to do that. That too. But what I mean is, like, for the first two years of DeMar DeRozan, it was DeRozan coming down the floor and, like, doing ISO and pulling up a shot. And maybe two and, touches. And missing it. Right. And missing it. Yeah. But this year, I don't know what the Spurs have been eating or, like, what they've been, what they did on the offseason, but they have been killing it with ball moves. That extra, pa- that extra it. pass is there. They're passing it. They're, you know, setting screens. They're like making back cut. Like the movement is just there. It just reminds me of like, you know, the Spurs that I grew up watching. Grew up watching. Yeah. So that's what I got. Yeah, that's, that's what I got. You got the Spurs too. Yeah. All right. And then finally, uh, last topic before we wrap things up. Rookie of the year. Watch. Who you got? I got Lamelo Ball. Um, I kind of. I hated on them a little bit last season I hated on, on the podcast heart. before this new season started when everyone was hyping him up and I thought he was just going to showboat, mess up like a street ball player. But so he he started off slow. He did he did start off pretty bad. Yeah, he was like one in four with and his threes. He started off like how I thought he was going to play, but he has adjusted well the past like three games. He had a game, he had a career game against the Mavericks, and ever since then. He's been tearing it up, honestly. And his shot, his shot is like sneaky good. Like it's super hard to like contest it because it comes so quick and it's like kind of an awkward, kind of like an awkward gather and like the motion end of the shot is just weird. I feel like it's hard to like predict. But he's been uh, he's been doing it. Where is no? Yeah, 11.5 points per game, 4.3. Keep in mind, points. keep in mind, he started off really bad. He's, I'm pretty sure he scored zero points in like two games. Yeah, first two games, something like that. 4.2 assists a game. He's shooting 42 percent from field goal and 42 percent from three. Yeah, he started once he started taking. See, I feel like he wasn't taking threes at the beginning because he was scared to. Maybe because of like all the media attention, like. You gotta hand it to NBA players, like the media attention that they get and all the slander. Yeah, you know they see like when you post like, "Oh, this guy sucks" or whatever. You know, like yeah, it, there's so it, much of it out there that there's it, no way they eventually will get to them too. It's not like they're immune and they have no emotions, feelings. It yeah, gets yeah. to them. Like they're all they're humans, just like us. Like it's like when you go to the gym, 
and you have a bad day shooting, like you're obviously like down about it, and you're maybe a little bit pissed off about it. But imagine that, but like you're literally being ridiculed for it, like in front of like millions of people. Uh, yeah, Lamelo Ball, he looks good. He started off slow, but he's looking pretty good so far. We'll see what happens with that because I still think the Hornets aren't gonna make the playoffs. But uh, I've got two people. I've got Anthony Edwards out of Minnesota. Now, Minnesota's not doing that good. They're not doing that hot. But Anthony Edwards is doing really good. <laughs> and he's, he's at, as a rookie, he's averaging 15.4 points per game, 2.4 rebounds per game, and 1.8 assists per game, which is pretty good considering he's a rookie. And I think he's coming off the bench because they have Russell and Towns, and he's a guard. So I'm pretty sure he's coming off the bench there. And then I also have uh, Denny Advia out of the Wizards. And he hasn't gotten a huge role yet, but I feel like he's on the way. You know who you're running? He reminds me of, of Luca. He's like the Eastern Conference version of Luca. So far, he's only averaging uh, 7.8 points per game, 5.2 rebounds, rebounds per game, and 2.7 assists per game. But I think he's only playing like 10, 15 minutes a game. So, I mean, that's who I got. I really am uh, looking forward to what I'll keep a, keep a watch on him. And LaMelo Ball looks good, unfortunately, for me. Hopefully he doesn't. I, I he's not like he Jeremy Lin. No offense Jeremy Lin, but I hope he's hot more than one yeah. season. That's the thing. Who can uh, maintain great numbers? Because I feel like sometimes it might be easy to do it for for a year, but like, here's a perfect example. LeBron James in the finals, he's able to do what he does every single year. Jimmy Butler had to play one game of the bubble finals the way LeBron played the entire 2015 finals, and his body completely shut down on him, and he didn't show up in game six. Yep. That just shows how like, crazy just good LeBron is. It's a testament is. to how good LeBron James is. And now he's 36, and he's still doing it. And he's at least going to be in the in the league for two more years. Yeah, I don't see him signing down. That's, that's pretty crazy. Anyway, those are our thoughts of the first week, week and a half of the NBA. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Yep, thanks for listening, guys, to Home Course Attic. Uh, we'll see how this next week turns out. Hopefully... We see a, a switch from a couple of teams that I'm kind of disappointed in showing up, but hopefully some of these teams can get their stuff together. You know what I mean? Yeah. All, All right, guys. that's it. We'll come back next week with uh, another game of the week player. That we're going we're to talk about these subjects kind of like frequently throughout the season, and uh, we might come up with some games to play as the season develops. Like we might do a draft. I think mid-season we should do like a draft, like mid-season draft. Yeah, and if y'all have anything y'all want us to talk about, let us know. DM us, us let yeah, us know. Us we will talk about it. Yeah, if you want to be on the podcast? Yeah, let us know. Let us know. You have a thought? I mean, anything? Um, we're open to ideas. We're here for y'all. We make this podcast so that y'all can hear. Yeah. Peace. See you guys.